Welcome to the newest edition of the Screen Pillows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing The Book of Henry and Rough Night, as well as recapping this season of Better Call Saul. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? Uh, not the best. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we're dealing with a lot of technical difficulties today. I'm not quite sure why, but it is what it is. Um, that music just cut off real quickly, and now it's throwing me off. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. This should be an interesting episode. We're trying to fight through technical difficulties, but hopefully it'll be better by the next episode. I'll mess around with it. Um, but... Joining us for this, um, maybe he's cursing the episode, I guess. We <laughs> Let's introduce him. Our former <laughs> head of video production, Miles. Miles, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I So we, we just got a new dog like a week ago, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I'm making podcast or Screenfellows podcast history by being the first guest that is not wearing pants. How cool is that? Um, <laughs> that is... I, I, I mean, don't know. It's it is special. It's probably I don't even know. Maybe Bob. May, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Bob did tell me that he was eating the first time we had him on. He was eating a sandwich. And oh, okay. did you notice, Ozzy, that he was eating yeah. a sandwich the first time? The very first time we had him on. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I didn't know either. He told me like months after. He's like, I was eating. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, another thing, okay. and I mentioned this to Carlos before he recorded that I listened to your guys's. Uh, podcast when you were talking about like movie theater things that uh-huh. people do wrong yeah uh, and i'll have to say like i agreed with almost everything but like carlos being a hundred percent against clapping and movies oh my nice. i don't no. know that's what i said to him i was like man like i don't know i was like look, yeah, I, I, I was, I was on that one i was like look i mean i understand like if they're kind of clapping like you know kind of throughout scenes for no reason oh but, yeah I there's mean, definitely a wrong kind of clapping i mean i mean but i mean I, Dude, I, look like i mean Hulk look smashes loki for the first time yeah i mean yeah i mean it's it's pure nostalgia you know what i mean and then after the film ends i mean i understand like you're clapping because you had a great time you know it was it was all nostalgic look yeah, when, but when it's, like it's a, over it's, it's like stupid but not to throw you under the bus but okay when it's over like i said it's stupid but it doesn't like yeah. it's not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, he ruined Carlos, the whole thing. Carlos but, shakes his head. Yeah, it's it's during the movie when <laughs> it's does, like right. stop. Like, I don't, and I don't even care if it's yeah. a big moment. Like, like I said, my biggest example recently is The Force Awakens. Stop, please get out. Star of here. Wars. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why? Why are you clapping? Fair enough. Um, I'm I'm still yeah. I'm still on my side with it. <laughs> clapping. This... Carlos yeah. just looks annoyed. He does this Carlos shaking the head. That's true. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the Carlos. Yeah. I'm gonna, It's called. It's called the Carlos head, where he just shakes his head. <laughs> that sounds weird. It does sound weird. Where he just closes <laughs> his eyes. Right now. He just closes his eyes and he does a little shake and then he opens his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Miles, okay. you should, I guess, know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. He did it <laughs> a lot in high school. Many times. Yeah, he did it. Like, Someone bring him something. He just he'd be. He'd be like. <sighs> <laughs> he'd shake his head and be like i mean 
My bad. Let's it, be honest, though. People deserve it. Like 90% of the time, I think you need people like Carlos to shake their head just to show people how insignificant they are. Just in pure disappointment. You know? It's pure disappointment. Oh, my gosh. Pure disappointment. <laughs> this is turning into something completely different. <laughs> Let's uh, move on, I guess, to uh, a movie that Miles didn't get the chance to see, but I know he's very curious about um, no. how it turned out. I am. Especially considering who the director is. Um the Book of Henry. This is a indie movie that not many people know about, but um, it's I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Ozzy, are you you showed me something earlier? Is there a plot summary on what on IMDb? Uh, I was just looking at the freaking <laughs> at the freaking days. How many days it took to shoot this oh, film? How many? Thirty six days. Oh, how not, many days? Just thirty six days. Dang! Wow. I can um, definitely tell. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this this is interesting. Oh boy! Um, look, uh-huh. I I've seen a lot of very mixed things about this movie. Um, I know Stuckman actually liked the movie, um, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this, Miles, but JTE um, from Schmoes No was tweeting like this is like horrible, and he's freaked out about episode nine now and things like that. I'm not oh, gonna really? go that far. I think it's. It's not a good movie, but I don't think it's, like, necessarily overtly bad. Like, it's not... Look, let me... I'll put it this way. I had a much worse time with Transformers the last night than I did with this movie. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Like, I mean, hello. Um, but uh, let's start positive. Ozzy, do you have... What do you got? Um, just trying to think of something <laughs> okay come on. it was it was kind of bad oh yeah i mean i liked i liked i liked the kid who played henry i, I did like that's where we disagree i, know I like the kid who played this. i like the kid who played henry i just think you have a problem well, with his character his no character it's was, not his character i his thought character he was, was not a good actor i thought his character was kind of douchey but i mean i did like i like the kid who was acting I disagree. I see. I actually didn't necessarily mind henry's character as unrealistic as he was i the the performance like okay the the problem is and i think this partially has to do with the script but even i mean the actor has to do the best like you know how normally sometimes we'll say like the actor was doing the best they can with the script that they had to work with now i don't think this kid had a great skip, script to work with but he was not doing the best he could with the script um because he is henry it, all right let's try to describe what this movie is about it's this really, really smart kid who basically takes care of his whole family. And I don't know what do you have you seen the trailer for this? What do they show in the trailer? Because I don't want to spoil anything. Basically, Henry's a really smart kid. He does all the the basically takes care of the house as in like financials and everything. And then I was gonna ask you, because in like the trailer, they kinda gave off like a hint. I'm not gonna say it though, for those of you guys who haven't seen the okay. trailer. But they kinda gave off a hint about something that really happens in the movie. Okay. So I was like, Oh, do you think this is actually gonna happen? I looked at him like, okay, yeah, I just wanna make sure. I literally um, have no idea. Because uh he leaves his mother a book to basically because um, basically like there's this abuse going on in his neighbor's house and he re- he knows about it but he can't go to anybody about it. So he leaves a book um, for his mother to basically find out. So it's basically them kind of trying to work together to end the the abuse that's going on in the other house. Yeah, so it's a very weird story. And the problem is, this is my problem. Um, the dialogue that they write for Henry is extremely 
is extremely intelligent and it's it's ex- extremely like very wordy and it's very kind of there's just it's so thick and the actor this poor kid just does not know what to do with it <laughs> he's like stumbling over all these words i didn't be- the problem is i didn't believe that he understood what he was saying and that's not a good thing uh, so that's my problem with his performance i just he, he doesn't do i don't believe the words coming out of his mouth and that's my problem um, I mean, look, I mean, I kind of believe the words that are coming out of his mouth. I didn't really have a problem. I mean, look, I mean, when you're a smart kid and you're basically smarter than everybody in the room, you're going to gain like a, a sense of arrogance. Yeah, but that's and, not what I was getting off of. Him. I was just getting off of like, this is a kid who is reading or saying memorized lines that he doesn't right. know what it means. And maybe that's partially to do with the direction. And maybe I think I think it's the direction. I think about. it's the direction of the film. Honestly, maybe. I don't think it was nothing to do with the actor. I think the actor did a fine job. It was nothing amazing. I disagree, but um, what about Naomi Watts? What do you think about her? Naomi Watts was Naomi Watts in the film. I mean, wasn't anything special. Wasn't anything special. I didn't even know who she was until I was like, oh yeah, she's in King Kong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, to be fair, Naomi Watts does have this face like where she kind of blends in, and you don't really. Like, Naomi Watts isn't someone that I would necessarily see off the street and go, oh my gosh, it's Naomi Watts. Yeah, you know? I mean, no offense. I mean, I, uh, not, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That can be a good, a very good thing because she can kind of disappear into her roles. And she has been very good in the past. It's just, I don't know, she's not a very recognizable face to me. Yeah, I mean, she's a big name. Everybody's yeah. like, Naomi Watts. I'm just like, yeah. What does she look like, though? No. <laughs> but, um, I mean, she was, I mean, she was fine, I guess. I mean, again, it was nothing, it was nothing amazing. I did think that there was, um, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was kind of weird. It kind of, it, it kind of, it kind of reminded me of um, Thirteen Reasons Why. Getting into the film, I guess. <laughs> I, I looked at Carl's. I'm like, this Thirteen Reasons Why Part Two. What? Well, I've never uh, seen it. So I don't know. <laughs> um, as for as for Jacob Tremblay, if you are a Jacob Tremblay fan, you sure you'll like his performance. He's fine. He doesn't have too too much to do. He has these moments where, like, you can see obviously this kid is very talented, um, but it's not his movie at the end of the day. So that's where it's kind of weird because I think some people will try to sell this as like, oh, Jacob Tremblay, he's awesome, and it's like, I mean, he's it's not his movie. It's a side character. Um, but yeah, as for positives, there are moments and elements of the movie that I wish they would have continued on that I actually liked. And this is, I guess this will lead us right into negatives. We haven't really said many positives, but there's not too many like that overtly really stick out to me. Um, other than it's just, it's in, it's a fine enough story. It's, it's entertaining in the sense of like i didn't necessarily know what was going to happen next but because of the style and the tone of the movie i wasn't necessarily invested either and this is my problem and there's also some things i like in here um the the tone of the movie fluctuates greatly and this is a very dark story if you break it down just by the story and just by what actually happens in this movie it is extremely dark and there are times when they went with a kind of a dark comedy type style where it's almost like this is very dark humor. And I was actually, that's the times when I was like, okay, I kind of like what this movie is doing. And then there are also times when it would take itself extremely seriously and it like lean into the very dark nature of the story. And then there are times when they kind of act like 
it's just a generic coming-of-age story, and it's, like, not even recognizing the fact that it is a dark story. So, the tone was just all over the place. They, I don't think they knew consistently what they wanted to be, what, the, what they wanted this movie to be. And I guess, ultimately, that goes down to the vision of the directors. The director, right? Yeah, I mean, I 100% right. agree with you there, man. 100%. So, I guess that's where most people are kind of really worried about this movie is, or about this, about Colin Trevorrow as a director moving forward. It's, he kind of, based on what this movie ended up being, I don't know that he necessarily had a consistent vision or was able to put together whatever his actual vision was for this movie. Well, because well, yeah. there's, I don't know, my question is. Is this the case of like blatant badness, or is it a case of maybe the director was going for something, and it was just a misguided direction, Defin- maybe a misguided confidence in what he was trying to do? Definitely a misguided uh, confidence in what he was trying to do. I mean, they I really, they really led up to this moment in the film, and it was supposed to be really climactic. It ended up being anticlimactic. It was. It really wasn't that great. Um, because the, it, it ended up yeah. being this dramatic moment. And I'm like, maybe if you would have played it up for the kind of dark comedy that they went for at times in the movie, that moment would have worked. Or maybe if you wouldn't have had those dark comedy type moments earlier in the movie, then this would have been more consistent with the rest of your movie. You know, I, it's, I don't know. Because there were times, like I said, I like the when they went for the comedic side, when they tried to make it like point out how ridiculous this situation is and how it's insanely dark like i keep saying that word but it is it's a very dark story um i like those moments and then beyond that it kind of i don't know they were all over the place yeah definitely i agree with you there i mean the script was another problem it had a lot of cheesy is this based on a book if i'm not mistaken i don't i'm really not sure but i mean the script was also very cheesy there were also some lines in there I wanted to laugh at, and that was actually a really weird moment with um, Jaden uh, like Lightberger, the one who plays Henry, yeah, and uh, Sarah Silverman, the one who plays <laughs> Sheila. It's a strange moment with them. Um, yeah. Was, um, can we talk about Sarah Silverman? She was not very good in that. I, I mean, oh. what? <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I didn't even know Sarah Silverman was in it. How yeah. much is she, is she a big part of Book of Henry? She's probably a cameo. She's only uh, in there for like... It's not a cameo, but she's oh, definitely okay. a, a side character, and I she's cannot probably stand in there. That's so character. random, man. It, she's probably in there for like yeah. 10 minutes tops. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's oh, okay. This movie is so hard to judge. It really is, because I there are, mom- there are elements of the story where you're just like, this is so either over the top or ridiculous and then there are moments where there it's like it's they just didn't I don't, I don't know if they they had this very strange story and they could have picked either one direction to tell it or a different direction to tell it and they decided to tell it with both those directions and then adding a third it's like it was all over the place and that's i don't know it's just so hard because there are moments in the story where i'm like if they took it in a different if they played it in a different way then maybe this moment would have worked but right now it just comes off as really dumb and there's because the whole idea of the book and of this like you said because it feels like um 
It feels like that show, 13 Reasons Why, right? There's also a tape, right? And what they do with that tape is just so silly and so crazy. And I'm just like, this... Like, it's almost like this kid has superpowers. (laughs) Like, and it's like they didn't lean into that insanity at all. They played it straight in that moment. And it's like, oh, this doesn't work. So I I don't know. Like, I don't mind the tape necessarily because that's what made 13 reasons why a really good show is because of the tapes. But was was she reading people's minds in the tapes? Because this kid is basically. But what he was doing with the tapes is completely (laughs) different. Like, every time she did something, he was like, Great, mom! And then when she was walking, he'd be like, look straight. Don't turn around. Be cool. And then he goes, and then she says something. And he'd be like, I understand what you're saying. And I'm like, what? Like, like she'd be having conversations oh, wow. with him. Basically, so, I don't know. It was kind of like, kind of reminded me of like Siri. Like, Siri just talking back to me. Siri, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Like, I'd be like, what? Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of came off like that with him. But any other negatives, Carlos? Yeah, this is a really tough one for me. I just don't know what to do with this movie. There are moments that I like. Yeah. Um, There are elements of the script that, if they took it in a different direction, would have worked. But overall, the movie just didn't work. And I'm not going to... Like I said, I don't think this is a horrible movie. It's definitely a bad movie. It just... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a great idea that I just think they kind of... I, they were lost. <laughs> I feel like they were lost. Um, and good acting moments at times, but there were also bad acting moments. And it's like, I don't know. It's I'm really divided with this movie. Definitely my favorite character was Dr. David Daniels. Definitely hands down my favorite character. But even... I, I liked his character. I just didn't like what they did with him, you know? I mean, look, every time he was on screen, I was like, mean damn. Okay. I was like, damn, dude. I would uh, love to grab a beer sometime with you. That's it, though. Oh. Like, if you make me, like, I mean, if, like, for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy. I would love to hang out with all the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, we don't have a great time. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I can feel like, you know, I'd want to hang out with you, be in your company, I feel like you did yeah. a good job, and I feel like you did a good job. Um, Everybody else, though, no. Oh, I can't. Maddie Ziegler, or Ziegler, however you say her name, the girl who played the next-door neighbor girl who was getting abused, um, no, I, she was not good either. No, I'll give you that. Um, all right, well, let's rate this movie. I'm, I'm just so conflicted on this movie. I don't know. I don't know how to process it, but what's your score, Ozzy? I'll give it a solid three. Um, mm. I left the movie wanting to be entertained. and um, Actually, no, I came in wanting to be entertained, and I still left wanting to be entertained. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. I don't think it's... I, I really just, there's nothing in it that made me go, Ugh, like, <laughs> like, again, I, maybe it's because I'm coming off of Transformers, basically, but it just, it wasn't horrible, it's just not good, <laughs> and it's an interesting idea that they didn't know what to do with, so, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man, if I were you, I'd be kind of worried. I, I am worried, I mean, I'm <laughs> definitely nine. Um, Star Wars, because but this, yeah. this, it's this fascinating. Great. It's fascinating because Colin Trevorrow is probably so, in a weird way, he's probably so thankful for what's going on with the Han Solo movie right now, because oh, now yeah. nobody it's, is uh, nobody is talking about Colin Trevorrow directing Episode Nine. Nobody's talking about how he just came out with a movie that is critically panned, and yeah. he, it's just Mark something Hamill that's completely forgot about. What? 
Mark Hamill had nice things to say about the movie on his Instagram. Oh, really? So that helped a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, he, but yeah, Contraro has got to be kind of like, whew, like nobody's talking about this right now. Um, and that's probably oh, yeah. a good thing for him. But I'm still worried about Han Solo. So, yeah, uh, and with Colin Trevorrow, how much would that suck as a director that no matter what you make, it, Star Wars is always going to have to be in the conversation? Yeah. Like, even after it comes out, he's going to be getting interviewed, and I'm sure it was crazy for him. But I don't know. Yeah. I still have high hopes. Hopefully they believe in him. Yeah. (laughs) I always do kind of feel for anybody involved with a big project like that, because no matter what they do, and whenever it comes to promoting the movie that they're making, even if it's like a small movie, the questions are always, so how's the Star Wars? How's Star Wars going? How's the script? How's, how was the shoot? Are you ready for Star Wars? And it's like, that's always the question. And it's like, do you not care about this other movie that I made? Um, Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the box office of it. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's move on to a movie that you have seen, Miles. Yes. Rough Night. Um, Miles, what were your overall thoughts on Rough Night? Meh. <laughs> that was, <laughs> if you could sum it all sum it all up with one word, it was just meh. I don't know. It was good. Eh, no, it wasn't good. I lie. <laughs> I mean, watching the trailers, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of pissed off watching it just because of the humor and everything about it. And I will say the movie is a little bit better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it kind of just came across as a generic summer stylist comedy that was designed to please test audiences and not really be much more than that. Yeah. I mean, there's a good cast, a decent cast, a couple of people in the cast, like Jillian Bell, uh, who I think is a super talented person. But in the last couple of movies she's been in, she's just been playing the same thing and so over the top and so miscast Thank in every role. Thank you for mentioning her because <laughs> she is definitely in my negatives. Yeah, yeah. and it, it really got on my nerves in that way. I think there was this whole, I don't know, I know because I know the talent is there. I know Kate McKinnon is the best part of Saturday Night Live right now. I know the director has does this critically acclaimed TV show and the talent is there. But everything about the movie just was so underwhelming for me. Yeah, um, I agree. It's I agree with your statement that it's better than I thought it would be, but that doesn't necessarily okay. mean it's good. Um, yeah. I ultimately I think this is okay. It's kind of just a passable movie, and there are moments that actually got me to laugh, and that's something that I wasn't necessarily expecting. And starting out the movie, I was like, yeah, "This is not looking good," but. Throughout the movie, even there there are good moments, and that's the one thing I can say about it is there there are moments that made me laugh, and even moments that I thought or characters that I thought, oh my gosh, is gonna get on my nerves, ended up at times making me laugh. Honestly, and this we can get into positives with this, and but we'll get okay. to Ozzy first. Um, what I thought was going to be the worst part of the movie was the side story of the husband or the guy. Oh, that the, was the best part and of the movie. I that thought was so as good. soon as he popped up, I was and and they went to, back to his like quote unquote bachelor party. I was uh-huh. like, oh gosh, please don't do this. This is not working at all. And then as the, his story progressed, it got funnier and funnier. And I was like, this is honestly probably the best part of the movie. So like I said, yeah. there's things that in it that made me laugh, but. Overall, it's just kind of like, it's okay. Um, Ozzy, what about you? What are your overall thoughts? 
It was okay. <laughs> Wait, we're, all, we're all the same. <laughs> we're all in the same boat. Right? I mean, it wasn't amazing. Yeah. Definitely, I'll, and I'll, I'll keep saying this, definitely better than a lot of the 2016 comedies of last year. I'll keep definitely keep saying that. You hated the comedies I from last really year. I really did. I really did. They oh, were really? such crap. Miles, this is one yeah. that I know you're going to disagree with, and I definitely do. He doesn't like Popstar. And that's oh, oh, that on. breaks my heart. Pop star is so really good. Pop star. You think this movie is better than Pop star. Hundred percent. Oh, that's a what? That's horrible. That movie had 100%. so much style, man. Hundred percent. At least it had a Hundred percent. Like they were, like they were just all over the top in Pop star, and I couldn't take it. Like I think the soundtracks in Pop star were amazing. Those, that, those were the soundtracks that so made me good. die. I bought, I bought the, I bought one of the soundtracks. I just. Oh really? I, yeah, I did. I yeah. mean, so, I, but I mean, I think. I mean, but it was just all the actors were just over the top, and that might have been the point. But it was very, I found it very annoying because they were trying so uh, hard to get people to laugh, and I'm just like, you're not funny. Uh, it's just you're not. I disagree <laughs> with that take so much, but we'll move on. Me too. Um, let's get onto this review. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on to Rough Night. Um, all right, let's start with positives. Um, like I okay. said, the husband storyline really, really escalates, and I ended up liking that one a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, like at the very end, by the very end, he was by far the best part of the movie, and that was the moment that made me laugh the most. Probably was the end of his storyline. Um, but yeah, uh, there are some good perform. I mean. Say what you will about Scarlett. I mean, I like Scarlett Johansson. I know most people do. I don't uh-huh. think she's the best comedically, and she didn't really no. have mo- many moments in this movie that made me laugh. But uh, and that's, I guess, that's the point of the movie. So it's hard to say. But you can still tell that she's trying her. I mean, she's being Scarlett Johansson, and in the dramatic moments that I don't necessarily think should have been there, which we'll get to, um, she actually kind of sold those moments better than anything. And she actually did have a moment where I'm like, "Whoa, is she like being Black Widow right now?" Um, in this movie? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, "Wait, are you in the right movie right now?" <laughs> but, yeah. um, and there are. Look, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know I'm not a big Kate McKinnon fan in movies. Uh-huh. Um, now, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I don't follow the comedy scene like some other people do, especially like Miles and Bob. Yeah. Um, so my first introduction to her is in these movies where she is not all that impressive. I'm sorry. She's just not. So when I see her in this movie... She's just being another, like, it's another, the same kind of performance. It's this over-the-top, she's playing with some accent and doing the same kind of jokes. And at this point, I just, it's safe for me to say, and I know we're supposed to be doing positives, but what, uh, sorry. Um, (laughs) I think it's safe for me to say at this point, like, I understand what her bit is, and it's just not my thing. But Right, and it's one of those things... Sorry. I, oh. <laughs> I thought he was, I, I thought he was I, actually going to compliment her for like one time. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah, he's just like he's setting it up. She had moments. You know, he's she setting, had moments I, in this movie. Well, that you know, he was setting it up. He's like, we're in pause. I'm like, damn, you know, Carl's actually going to, you know, say. I know. He's I, actually going to end I, it with something nice. I didn't it's, mean to. Like, yeah, you it's know. all good. I, I actually, in this movie, I do agree. And that's something because what she does in the, as a performer works so well in a sketch. Mm-hmm. When there's sort of a specific comedic presence and a or a specific bit and a specific angle, mm-hmm. but in the movie thing, it's hard to see, especially in this one, to me because I've liked her in other movies because she's had I don't know more of a supporting role, but in this she's supposed to be playing like a full and complete character that actually has something to complement the theme and the story, 
And I don't think as like a character, she added much with Kate McKinnon there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so of the girls, of the main group, okay, what's your who is your favorite? Hmm, I don't know. That's hard. Maybe Zoe have, Kravitz. I already have like a top five. What top five? There's five. only like five You're of ranking them. Ranking them already? You can rank <laughs> no, them. Already, yeah, already rank them. All right, rank them. Go. All right, go for it. Okay, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this girl's name. Eliana. Elena Glazer. Yeah. Thank you. Kate McKinnon. <laughs> enter, 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 enter. Jillian Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that, Ozzy. What do you have to say? I'll get to, I'll get to yeah, Jillian Bell in my negatives. Yeah. But, um. Okay. Yeah. It's the second time I've seen it this year. Damn. <laughs> Nothing's <Yeah>. improved. Um, <laughs> all right, that's well, that's my five. I, it's <laughs> interesting that you put Scarlett Johansson above Zoe Kravitz because I actually would put Zoe Kravitz as my favorite. I thought. Oh, she, me too. She has the best moment in this movie. Actually, yeah, you know, like, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Zoe so Kravitz funny. is number one. Scarlett Johansson is number two. And, <laughs> and so forth. Oh man. Yeah. So Zoe Kravitz has a great moment in this movie, and I think she was probably the most consistent in her I think character. That was the funniest moment in the yeah, whole entire definitely. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah i don't know it's it's and it is hard because i know some people go to this movie and there were definitely people in our theater who were laughing with Jillian, a lot of jillian bell things and i'm just like yeah. well good for you it this is the hardest thing with rating rating comedies it's so comedies it comedy is the most subjective genre of movies period because yeah. everyone finds different things funny and that's why it's so hard for us to talk i that's why I always struggle. I'm like, I don't know quite know what I'm supposed to be saying with this because what I find funny, somebody else could completely find it stupid and then the other way around. So it's hard. Yeah. Well, at least the thing with me is, and I guess it's sort of hypocritical because a lot of the best comedies of the 2000s kind of abandoned the whole cinematic element of the comedy. Mm-hmm. But I really do appreciate when there's a director like Edgar Wright or a movie like Popstar who uses sort of the technical stuff and it's not just people performing it's actually someone's directing it mm-hmm. and shows style that brings out the jokes even more and in a movie like this the style is so bland yeah and when the performances aren't all that great it really adds up to kind of an underwhelming experience like there's yeah. no style at all in this movie mm-hmm. that i can pinpoint yeah um one positive i do have is like actual actually again if you kind of break down the story and if you go uh-huh. and there are like i was at, genuinely like i was like i'm not quite sure what's going on i could kind of tell what had happened at the beginning um like because if you see the trailer they accidentally kill someone right and uh-huh. i could tell where that was going like pretty early on but at the same time, they I didn't know, like, all of it. And when they actually do reveal some of the different things going into that storyline, I was like, okay, I'm in. there was enough in the story that kept me in. I wasn't necessarily bored watching the movie. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and I guess right, that's yeah. a good thing. The story is fine enough. So that's definitely a positive I do uh, have. I will say, I mean, the use of, because the whole premise of the movie is that they kill a stripper. Yeah. And even, there is some fun stuff near the end, some unpredictable things. But for the most part i kind of found the whole the way that spend into the story was pretty unimaginative Mm -hmm. like they spend most of the movie trying to do the same thing and until like the second half or uh, until the end of the second act i don't think there's really much that happens yeah that's right not much actually happens and to (laughs) me i feel like they could have done so much more with that uh, premise and made it so much more ridiculous than they did 
but yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. Do you guys have anything else as far as positives go? Oh, we're in positives? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zoe Kravitz, Lena yeah. Glazer. Eh, that's about it. I mean, the side story was so funny. Yeah. And there were some pretty good cameos sprinkled around, like Ty Burrell. Yeah. He was so funny. And uh, what's her name? Demi Dem- Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? Um, I don't know. I think that's it. <laughs> all right. Crickets. Uh, let's <laughs> move on to negatives then. Um, I guess this is kind of, in a way, trying to follow, like, the hangover type story and the hangover type comedy i guess where it's like a group of people a group of friends get into this over-the-top crazy situation and they're trying to figure Uh it out and navigate their way through the situation but what made the hangover so memorable is that it had extremely memorable and funny in and of themselves characters right and -hmm. funny performances this i don't think I'm going to remember necessarily any of the characters, except maybe Zoe Kravitz's character, maybe. Um, maybe. But it's just, that's the problem with this movie, is there's not there's just no memorable characters, and there's no reason for us to get fully invested in a story that, like, like you said, it's not maybe fully developed, but I think there is enough there. But uh-huh. I wasn't invested all the way, because I just didn't care necessarily about these characters. Right. And honestly, that kind of gets me into my biggest negative, which I don't think I've see, heard anyone mention. Okay. To me, the biggest thing, because it, it is very hard in developing a comedic lead, because a lot of the time, they're kind of just the straight face for all the funny things that happened around them in. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, while I think Scarlett Johansson did a good job with what she had, I thought her character was really uninteresting, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, very bland. Because the character literally had everything going for them, and there was really nothing to root for them in except for them to be less douchey for the whole movie. <laughs> um, I kind of have to disagree. I mean, I like yeah. Scarlett Johansson a lot. I oh, really do. Yeah. I, I love her. Um, and I think everybody was trying to be funny, but I mean, like, she was just... Um, I, I really don't think i mean maybe I'm, let me rephrase it i don't think they gave her enough to do oh and, yeah i mean i, I just think it's scarlett johansson's fault yeah i mean i i mean everybody's over here like causing a scene or whatever and she's over here like oh my gosh oh yeah crap like nothing nothing really nothing that she did really had me memor like memorize anything that she did mm-hmm. which is unfortunate but, like, an example of a better, some, I mean, it's supposed to be an all-female comedy, but her uh, fiancé in the movie, honestly, I found myself rooting for him because I, like, related. Yeah. To, he's a more memorable character. Was, I think, yeah, I think he, one of their, I, to, I, like, I, like, I liked how they were talking and trying to figure um, out, like, what was wrong with him. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it was relatable to us as we're guys, so I feel like I'd be having a conversation, like, those conversations with my friends would be like, yo, like. Did you do this? Like, what's happening? You're right. Maybe that is part of it. We are. It's easier for us to relate to that storyline because we are guys. <laughs> I don't Maybe. know. Well, it's also he didn't get what he wanted. He's a guy. Like, I could totally relate to wanting to be with someone that's out of your league. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> because because he has all his friends there, and they're just like, yo, like, well, she's here, and you're like all the way down here. So <laughs> it's just like, 
I feel like those would yeah. be the kind of conversations that you know I'd have uh, with my friends and stuff yeah. like that. Where I'd be like, "Come on, man! Like, do you really uh-huh. think this is gonna happen?" <laughs> I think there is a way to tweak it because I think the reason, no, when you have someone like Scarlett, the rest of the people in this movie are mostly comedians, mm-hmm. and I do think if you put more of a comedian than a famous actor in that performance, they probably could have done more with it to be honest mm-hmm. not I, that it's her fault i think this i just really but, think that the know. script was really holding scarlett johansson back because i feel like she did That's have true. a lot of potential i feel yeah. like she did want to try to go over the top but i mean they really oh, didn't yeah. let her um and there's worse things in the movie like jillian bell let's to, get to jillian <laughs> bell. yeah talk about um that. jillian bell was very horrible in this movie <laughs> I oh, cannot man. stand her at this point. Honestly, she has been yep. playing the same character for years now, and it needs to stop. She was by far the most annoying character. Like she always plays that friend that always is, that's always very douchey, that's very arrogant, that's very. And for some reason, um, she's always a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She she's always involved in. A, I'm not gonna say she's always a teacher, but she's always involved in school. Okay, like she's always in a school for doing like doing something. Um, it's it's ridiculous. I think in Twenty Two Jump Street, she was she was involved in the school. She was involved in the college. Um, she was funny in Twenty Two Jump Street, though. But I mean, her, I suppose no. I, I'm gonna say that she worked out for Jonah Hill very well, and I think, and I think the script was better. Yeah. The script was definitely way better than, than oh, the script. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Compare you can, I mean, I can't. I mean, I mean, I mean, the the way that they were coming off of one another was really well done compared uh-huh. to this movie. I mean, they just made it really. They just made her really annoying, clingy, um, arrogant, um, just very rude. As that's what her characters always tend to be, and it's kind of annoying at this point. It's it's kind of it's it's time to change it up a bit, you know. There's just nothing likable about any of the characters she plays. That's my problem. I just <laughs> never am like, I like you. I'd want to hang out with you. And it's you, you gotta at some point mix it up. You can. I I mean I get that some people just are better at playing unlikable characters, but I, come on, <laughs> I just I I don't care. I I really don't like her. I I'm sorry. And I guess this movie was set up to fail for me. And and it's surprising that I ended up liking it as much as I did because right. it has Kate McKinnon in it and I didn't even know honestly I don't know if I knew Kate McKinnon was in this movie I kind of forgot she'd oh, be really? in here I kind of forgot she'd be in the movie I mean I like I actually liked Kate McKinnon more in this movie I think she did a good job yeah. for the most part yeah I just was annoyed by her accent <laughs> yeah um, but <laughs> you want to know something place. funny though I actually uh-huh. watching this movie because like I said I had no idea I completely forgot Kate McKinnon was in this movie and uh-huh. watching it, I was like, Scarlett Johansson kind of looks like Kate McKinnon. No. <laughs> she kind of did. At no. a, early in the movie, I was like, she kind of looks like Kate McKinnon. And then Carlos Kate McKinnon showed tired. up. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> we have two oh, Kate no. McKinnons in the movie. Carlos no. was tired. Carlos was tired. Uh, she, he didn't know what he was talking about. Okay. I'm in the face. I'm not using this. Right. I'm looking at both their faces right now. She Just, kind of looks like Kate McKinnon. Right, I'm pulling it up. Anyway. That's a com- who's that a compliment to or an insult to? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Scarlett Johansson, got you. And then, oh my gosh, Kate McKinnon. This is great this. for audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? You have anything else, Ozzy? That's Kate weird. McKinnon. 
negatives. Well, yeah, you picked the ugliest picture of Kate McKinnon in the world. I did not. He picked the one of her, like, in that freaking um, Christmas sweater from, what's that movie? Masterminds, is it? No. What what movie? Is it the um, Office? Oh, Office Christmas Party. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh, she was funny in Office Christmas Party. That's what I'm saying. I actually Close. did kind of yeah. like her in Office Christmas Party, but yeah. that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, any other negatives? I, I don't know. It was very... It's kind of, I don't know, but one of my neighbors is Miami never looks that nice. Okay, so I'm just like, yo, where do you go? Because I want to go to Miami. But anyways, that's about it. That's about it. All right. I want to go to Miami now. I want to see. I want to check yeah. it out. All right. Um, Carlos, can we go today? No, we're not going to Miami. Miami's horrible. <laughs> it really is. Um, but all right, I think that's it. Carlos, what are you rating it? Jeez, um, I'm giving this movie uh, 5.8. Oh, wow. That's pretty high. <laughs> okay miles what are you rating it <laughs> man i thought i was being nice i well because this is the hard thing because what the movie set out to do with the trailers and with the demographic it did but yeah. considering i'm way out of the demographic well not way out but pretty out of it that was a very um it, that was a very arrogant I statement i don't know i'm not a woman that's the thing <laughs> okay so now you're uh, trying I'm to sorry. be sexist okay all right okay I'm not, this. Uh, anyone okay whatever i'm gonna give it <laughs> hashtag a 4.9 i can't quite get it to five it's not yeah it's just so forgettable okay besides being an arrogant and sexist like miles um <laughs> what i'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm gonna give it a solid 4.5 for different reasons i actually was really looking forward to this movie i really wanted to like this movie um the trailer looked really funny to me and going into it, I, I wanted I wanted more out of the like I wanted more crazy out of the out of the top um, over the top stuff going on with with this group of friends. I'm always down for comedies that have friends together just trying to figure out like this crazy situation together. Um, but it really nothing really happened in the movie that made me go wow like this is great. So I'm, this is this is one of my disappointments. So I'm giving it a four point five. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. It's. It is what it is. Nah. I. It's kind of forgettable. You're right. It's and I think that's ultimately what swayed me in that direction is just the for characters are forgettable and the movie's about the characters, so it's a forgettable movie. Um. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, Ozzy, we're gonna talk about Better Call Saul now. Actually, no. We're gonna talk about Game of Thrones. Do you want to talk about Game of Thrones? I want to talk the Game of Thrones. Okay. The problem is, and this is why I wasn't sure if we were gonna talk about it. Number one, the trailer dropped. But time, number one. Number two, Enrique's in the room, and he is on season four. Oh God, Enrique! Never mind. We can't talk about it. Snow is Luke's father. (laughs) All right. um, I'm very disappointed. (laughs) <laughs> we'll figure out a time. I mean, Game of Thrones is coming up anyway. We're going to talk Game of Thrones in a matter of weeks. Like, what is it? Three it weeks now? I think all of us, trailer. all of us are excited. Yeah. yeah. It Look, was an amazing trailer. Yeah. It's a great trailer. Watch the trailer. Great music. And watch the Thrones. Watch, watch the Game of Thrones. No, watch the trailer. Oh, yeah. And then you'll be like, I need to watch the show because I, it looks like a freaking movie. Just the trailer dude, does. So, I swear to you, yeah. before I, long before I watched Game of Thrones, like every time a Game of Thrones trailer has come out, I've always watched it. No matter what, even if I haven't watched the show, like the trailers are always great. So yeah, treat yourself, watch it. Yeah, I will say this: Battle of the Bastards. That whole entire episode uh-huh. is better than Transformers: Age of Extinction, Transformers: The Last Night combined. Okay, watch. That's 
I don't think anyone movie. wants to combine those movies together. No, that would be <laughs> I would <horrible>. cry. <laughs> I would cry. And not for a good thing. I would cry because it's torture. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's talk about um, Better Call Saul. Ozzy, yes. I'm sorry because, again, we're going to be spoiling this. Um, but... He'll forget all of it and watch the show later. Well, it's okay, because he, he he never watched Breaking Bad, and he's not the biggest fan of Breaking Bad from what he's seen anyway. Well, he so. watched, like, one ep... Okay. That's sorry. what I'm... Yeah, oh. I've, always, I've always argued with him about this. I mean, look, there's just a lot of TV. There is a lot of TV. That's true, but I Breaking mean, I Bad cannot, is, like, I one of the cannot. pillars of television I mean, in the last ten years. Too, it's too it, much TV. It, it, Okay, Carl's. Yeah. I mean, I remember like there'd, there'd be like a, a new show like last year. I'd be like, I think there was like what four or five new shows. Carl's would be like, dude, so we didn't watch it. I'm like, oh god, and then well, I have to like spin. So different. <laughs> I, have to, I have to like add it in. I'd be like, oh god, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I think you have to treat binge watching something and then new TV as completely separate things because right. new TV is once a week. Binge watching is kind of a commitment of all right, well, I'm going to take time to actually watch a bunch of these episodes, and how long is it going to take me with all this different stuff? New TV, it's, it's so easier. Worth it. It's like you just watch one episode a week. It's not that bad. Um, yeah. They both have their poisons. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. All right, especially when you do a show where we have to talk about it. You have to do a show you talk about it, and you got a job, and then you have school, and yeah. then you got a test, and then you get hey, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so. Speaking of which, we're still working on formatting TV recaps, um, but... Hey, coming in August, TV recaps, coming version in two. Yay. August. Ver- oh, okay, I thought you said something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'll let you talk about Better Call Saul. All right, Better Call Saul. Uh, Miles, let's do it. Oh, let's, might as well say off the bat, well, number one, it was a great season. Watch it. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two, spoiler warning for the rest of the episode for Better Call do, Saul. Yeah, and for the people who until Miles, haven't seen or until it. Until Ozzy comes back, but yeah. Yeah, for the people who haven't seen it, just watch it like please i i know a lot of people are hesitant just because it is attached to breaking bad Mm -hmm. which is fair and it's hard to live up to that but it's incredible it's one of the best shows on tv and i know there's a lot of tv but saying that it's worth watching that's a very high praise considering there are so many shows on tv yes exactly all right well so spoiler warning you have been warned um all right so miles what do you think about this season man Oh, man, there's a lot to unpack there. Honestly, and I'll I'll start out with this. I think each season of Better Call Saul has gotten better and better than the last. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I think this is hands down the best season of Better Call Saul, considering that each one has gotten better. But I I loved it. And I I rewatched... I rewatched a couple of the episodes last night in preparation, and I'll say this. I, I would say that the, the fifth episode of the season really is the finale of the season, in, in a sense. That's where everything is coming to a head with the court case and Jimmy mm-hmm. and Chuck and all that stuff. But everything that sprawls after that is such like a magnificent study of character and such like a flawless and seamless just next step just like everything that happens in the show is so intentional and so far exceeds your expectations on what is going to happen but in a way that it does it better than you could have ever imagined like better than you could have thought it playing out uh but yeah Yeah. i thought it was an incredible season of television uh yeah season five is not only or season or season three (laughs) episode five the Uh midway point of the season 
is not only the best episode of this season, it uh, is the turning point of the season, and it is the turning point of this entire show. It's, oh, it really is. It, it's it like really, the halfway mark of the show. It, it has to be. Um, uh-huh. And it's just, that episode was really something special, and even throughout the rest of the season, from five on, basically every episode is just freaking great. And yeah. <laughs> it's just, every single time, it's... After episode five, I was just like, dang, this show is good. Um, yeah. And that's, of course, we're talking about the episode um, of the case against Jimmy, basically. After, because he does the whole thing where he falls into Chuck's plot, Chuck's trap, and he goes in, breaks the tape, and, uh, and does he threaten Chuck or no? He doesn't really. Uh, he never physically threatens Chuck, yeah. no. Um, and so... Chuck has a tape of what Jimmy said still, and he also has is accusing him of assaulting him and breaking into his house and all this different all these different things. And right. of course, this is when Jimmy's on trial for all these different all those different things. And it's like the head point of the first three seasons. Yeah, like this giant build up all leads to this one episode. Yeah, because really, the first three seasons of the show have been about two brothers. That's really yeah. what it's been about. It's been about yeah. Chuck and Jimmy and about their relationship. And that's why it's so impressive is because we've seen this relationship completely deteriorate. And right. not only that, but we see we completely understand this relationship. I understand this relationship better than almost any relationship I've ever seen on screen. It's just hey, I understand it better than in relationships in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair because they've done it such a great job of adding so many different layers of you know jimmy taking care of chuck and chuck's attitudes towards jimmy of this attitude of superiority but he also relies on jimmy and right. it's just there's it's so complex and so intricate just like real relationships and we feel every layer to it and we understand every layer of this relationship and it's so well done so well written it's just beyond impressive. Um, yeah, go for it. So, and at that moment in that bit, we're going to be talking about that fifth episode a lot. Yeah, both those two characters, because I had sort of, I had been rooting for Jimmy up until that episode, mm-hmm. and then I felt kind of bad for Chuck, but he's a despicable character, so I didn't really afterwards. Yeah. But afterwards, Jimmy goes on such a dark path. Mm-hmm. And everyone in his life, he keeps dragging through it. Like Kim sort of becomes the light of the show, mm-hmm. the one that you're rooting for the most, the one that has. And even like Howard and all these characters that you thought you understood, seeing what Jimmy takes them through and starting to get to that place where I don't know if I'm rooting for Jimmy anymore. It's kind of like that spinning point in Breaking Bad where at first you're, you feel for Walt, mm-hmm. but then you're like, I can't. Like he's doing these crazy things. And that moment in episode nine where Jimmy decides to take advantage of the of the the old lady to get yeah. the money, that's where I'm like, man, this guy, he is becoming Saul Goodman. Yeah. When the show starts, he's more like 90% Jimmy, and every once in a while, Saul will come out. Mm-hmm. But by the time the season is over, it's like flipped around. It's like 90% Saul and 10% Jimmy whenever he wants to apologize for his yeah. actions. Well, can we talk about... I, I do want to talk about that moment um, where he decides he's going to take advantage of that situation and everything. Yeah. Do you think that the, it was kind of deflated by the fact that he basically was backed into going back on that and changing everything? 
No, well, I the big because I don't know the whole the whole show the reason because there are those moments in season two where he wanted to take advantage of people and Kim was always sort of his beacon of reason telling him not to do it. Mm-hmm. But then she started sort of not I don't she was aware of what he was doing but she wasn't necessarily calling him off. And I think the deeper and deeper he got into that, just the more morally degraded he got to the point where I'm sure there are other things he could have done to get money. Mm-hmm. But that's, like I don't know, to take advantage of someone's life. And someone at that stage is just completely despicable to me. I don't think there's any reason to justify it. Yeah. But again, they do just this great <laughs> job of showing how how smart jimmy is in that respect oh yeah i mean he's not even the best like they repeatedly showed us he's not necessarily the best lawyer but Uh when he want wants something he knows how to get it and he will do anything to get it and they do a great job of showing that and of how he kind of manipulates everyone in that situation um Uh but i i don't know i didn't necessarily love when because we had built all this up of he took advantage of her and then it's like okay, he went back on it. But he did it very reluctantly, uh-huh. so maybe it's kind of like it's just that was a small step in that direction and he's going to keep going farther and maybe next time something like this happens he's not going to necessarily try to fix it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's um, Well, yeah. now that spoilers in the last episode, Chuck commits suicide. Yes. At least that's what it's... I don't think there's any way out that his character is Gonzo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the one relationship that he has in his life that's left is Kim. Uh, yeah. But that relationship is obviously with the car accident and everything that she has on her shoulders. That's degrading as well. Mm-hmm. And I would predict that the next season is going to be the fallout of that relationship. And yeah. once that's gone, there's nothing but Saul Goodman left. Yeah. I, I think. I, I kind of think Kim has to... She has to leave, right? I, I, right. I don't, because I don't think she'll die. I, because I think with the, with the Chuck thing, I think they've got, taken that road, and that I think Chuck he had to die, right? Yeah. Um, Kim, I think it's gonna be a situation where she just realizes that how Jimmy is affecting her, and she just leaves. I think that has to be the way it goes. Um, but whatever it is that gets her to that point has to be huge at this yes. point. Because she's pretty aware. I mean, I'm sure she has a good idea of what he was doing to get that money. Oh, and I'm sure she has her suspicions. But I, I, I don't know I don't if know. she cares anymore. I, I think it's going to be a moment of like realizing it has to be something where she does something that, and she goes, I'm uncomfortable with what I just did. And then realizing, I don't think it's going to be something that Jimmy necessarily does. That's my prediction. Really? Do you and here another question I have? Do you think because we haven't really talked about the the other storyline that's been going on yeah. in the show with Mike and Nacho and Gus? Mm-hmm. Do you think those two worlds are going to find a way to intertwine, and that somehow it could have something to do with that and entering into that space and that criminal lawyer section of things? Maybe because he does have that moment at, towards the end. We're talking a lot about the second half of the season, but I think the second half is definitely the superior half of the season. Uh-huh. Um, well, the first half is all build up yes. to like the emotional fallout of the second half. Yes, um, and a lot of that second half of the season, it, and especially in that last episode, he's like, "I need to find a new clientele," <laughs> like because yeah. obviously after everything that has happened he lost the trust of everyone in the that section of who he was serving the elderly yeah right? no more elderly law yeah <laughs> um so 
and I love that moment where he's like, I'm throwing away the Rolodex, and he's like, I gotta find a new clientele. Um, or even the whole stock market crash thing yeah. uh, on the wall. Ah, that was like just the whole imagery and the, I don't know, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I... I think you're. I think you're right. I think the next season, probably next season, those worlds are going to start to intertwine as Jimmy kind of starts to figure out who he's going to be working with now, and maybe. I mean, he knows Mike at this point, so maybe uh-huh. Mike needs some help or something like that. I, I don't know. It's. it's my my thing is we've we've been there before, and Mike has called on Jimmy's help before. Yeah. I wonder. And I know there's they're sort of limited with sort of the things they set up in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. but I wonder if uh, if uh, Jimmy is gonna have to in some way defend Gus, mm-hmm. if something like that will come together, because I think that could be really cool, but also something that threatens everyone around him even more. Mm-hmm. Wait, with did, the whole cartel. See, I need to rewatch Breaking Bad because there are so many t- times like I think they introduced. Um, when when um mike is trying to launder his money right they uh-huh. they have that one woman who she's in breaking bad correct uh yeah, yeah. uh lydia so, yes i recognized her and i was like i can't like i was like i know she's in breaking bad but i cannot remember at all what situation yeah. i see her she in. was killed with the ricin at the very end okay by walt yeah um so it's just one of those things where I need to rewatch Breaking Bad, like, and that's one of the few shows that I will go back and say I need to rewatch the show because I generally don't rewatch television, no matter how much I like it, um, just because right. I have too many other things to watch, as we were talking about with Ozzy earlier. Um, yeah. But, oh, it's worth rewatching. Though. Yeah, I know. I need to rewatch it. Um, but yeah, so I, it's interesting. I need to rewatch it just for the fact of maybe I need to figure out where what can actually happen because i yeah like there's different things that i want to kind of theorize as to what's going on but i don't remember where these characters necessarily started out and who knows who so i right. can't really say who's going to be in inter- kind of connecting you know well the in season two saul is the one that introduces walt to the idea of gus as mm-hmm. a distributor and in his words he says i know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy yeah and I'm not sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways you could easily retcon that yeah. as Saul and Jimmy are sort of separate people in mm-hmm. a sense. But I, I mean, but also in the way that Gus operates his whole operation, his biggest reservation with Walt is that he was so emotion based yeah, and wasn't able to get his personal stuff out of the business side, mm-hmm. which is why he functions very well with Mike Ehrmantraut. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling that he would be very hesitant to do any sort of business with someone like Jimmy, who basically, like, all the things he does is driven by his emotion. And Especially at this his, point, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, that yeah, that could change as he starts to become more and more Saul, you know? Um, yeah. But, do, you think that will, do you think that will be a seamless thing that happens, or do you think there will be a, a moment where he starts the business and for like a season of the show, you'll be able to see him actually being Saul Goodman. See, that's interesting because, I mean, the name Saul is in the name of the show. So you would think that eventually they have to get to that point. Um, yeah. So I, I would think so. Um, Do you think I, there could be a time jump or any sort of jump in ooh, time with I, all this stuff? I don't think I would like a time jump because really, what the show is so good at and what these shows are so good at is character development and us seeing that and it being so seamless like you said 
Yeah. Um, and I think if you just have a care or a time jump, then it's like, well, we didn't get to see that. And it's almost like a cop out of, you know, you couldn't make it feel natural. So you just jumped us ahead, you know? Yeah. So I, that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that, but I don't know. Maybe if that's the only way we can get a season of just Saul, then maybe, but did we get whatever? Wait, what? Did we get a, fl- a flash or a flash forward of after Breaking Bad in this season? Maybe at the beginning, right? In this season. Yeah. We did the whole Cinnabon black. Yeah. We yeah. Did. Um, so, cause I was like, it was interesting when they were doing that and they haven't really done it too often recently. It's always at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. Do you think that'll go anywhere? Or is that just I think like so. I mean, it? there has to be something planned. And I think Breaking Bad, and it, we'll keep talking about Breaking Bad, did such a good job at bringing closure to the characters mm-hmm. to the best that they could have done with how despicable a lot of them were. Yeah. And I think it would be really unfair to not see closure to not just what's happening in the past, but what's happening in the present and in the future. Because he's such a great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that'll intertwine in some way. What was interesting to me was I was listening. Have you listened to the Better Call Saul Insider podcast? No. So the Peter Good, a bunch of the people that work on the show, episode to episode, talk about and break down like the process of making the episode. Oh, that's cool. And it's really cool because it's like an insider literally in the title. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I don't remember in which episode it was, but he mentioned that the original plan was to have the end of season one be the point when he starts turning like straight up into Saul Goodman. Mm -hmm. But the writers loved the character of Jimmy so much that they wanted to see you, wanted to explore that even more. Mm -hmm. So I know that was the original intent was to have a big portion of the show seeing Saul Goodman do Saul Goodman things. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe, do you think we're underestimating the impact that Chuck's death is going to have on Jimmy? Do you think maybe this is just what snaps him into Saul? Yeah, it could be. I have such a hard time speculating with this show because I feel I like agree. the writers yeah. understand it so much more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> but considering that Chuck was the pillar of like the first three seasons of Better Call Saul, I can bet it'll have a big impact. Yeah. I yeah I I guess we could this could totally be the transition point of like Chuck is gone and that like you said that was the focus of Jimmy's storyline so uh-huh. I think the focus of the show can now tr- switch over to him fully kind of going into s- becoming Saul and I think that starts with him starting to have a more criminal clientele um or and another thing that I just thought of with Kim sort of going down this dark path as well I wonder if she can maybe she's involved with better call Saul in the ooh, beginning maybe maybe she allows herself because morally she's sort of been stretching herself this whole season mm-hmm. and if that's the case I could totally see something happening to her life by the yeah. end of the show. Yeah, maybe. Because um, he becomes this guy who's literally attached to no one at yeah. the point in Breaking Bad. That's true. And doesn't do anything but for himself. Like, mm-hmm. even at the end of it, there's no Jimmy there. So something has to happen with Kim in that regard. Yeah. Um, all right, real quick, I do want to talk about the Nacho storyline. Oh, yeah. um, and then that'll kind of, we need to kind of wrap things up after that. But, yeah. Um, man, I. I found this storyline so fascinating, more fascinating than I thought I ever would find this storyline. Um, yeah. Just because, like, I mean, I guess because we know how, um, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. 
uh, his Hector. The, yes, how Hector ends up. We know how Hector ends up, uh-huh. right? So, I mean, I guess that inherently is like, well, we want to know how he got there. But then there's also this thing with Nacho, and you're just like, all right, what's going on? And then right. they slowly start to re- you slowly start to realize, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen. And then you start to realize what Nacho's plan is, and you're like. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then yeah. for a second I was like, oh, did it not work? Because he does that in episode 9, right? Or is it episode 8? Uh, it's, yeah, in the beginning of episode 9. Yeah. And he, he, nothing really happens up from it. And then mm-hmm. it finally happens in the finale and you're just like, oh my gosh. And then I love the fact that... Um, that Oh, crap. Again, I'm blanking. Oh. Gus. Gus. I Gus. love the fact that Gus kind of rushes in, like, trying to help him. Because I do... Yeah. I love Gus as a character. He's oh, so... So character. cool to me. Um, how calm he is and how... To him, really, it is just business. And Hector uh-huh. is taking this so seriously and so personally. And Gus is just trying to do... Make some money. <laughs> um, yeah. And so to see him rush over like that, and I think... I... Because Nacho's not in Breaking Bad, right? No. Yeah. I I think Gus... Gus is going to have to kill him. Yeah, Gus is either going to be the one who kills him, or Gus is going to tell Hector, maybe? I don't know. But or even... I, uh, what if Gus were to hire Mike to get Ooh. rid of Nacho? Ah, maybe. I don't know. That could be it. That would be so gut-wrenching. But, yeah. I mean, that that look that Gus gave at the end... Yeah. To, like when he, you could tell he just he just read through everything that just happened. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, Nacho is totally Gonzo. Oh, he has to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, but that I mean, that's such an example of taking a character that you thought you understood, and then making it maybe one of the most empathetic characters in the season as well. Yeah, just like with everything with his father being such a straight down to earth dude. I don't know. Yeah, such and, a good subplot. And then that. Maybe, do you think Nacho could be the tie-in to or the thing that gets Saul into this world of he's in trouble, yeah. he wants to start preparing, he knows that he's that he could possibly go, and he wants to start preparing things financially and legally for his oh. dad or something like that? Yeah, I could. I mean, I, I think that it is inevitable that one of those characters is going to have to bring Saul into it yeah. in some way. Yeah. But I could totally see that as well. That's the thing. There's so many crazy options, but mm-hmm. they'll probably find a way to trump all our expectations again. Yeah. And again, it's so it's crazy that a show that we know where it has to end up is this good uh-huh. and this riveting. It's so yeah. crazy. Um, all right. Well, let's kind of move on out of this Better Call Saul talk so we can sign out of the episode. Ozzy, you want to come back on to do our recommendations and everything? I guess we'll start with Miles. Miles, do you oh, have man. do you have any recommendations? Do I have a recommendation? Actually, I do. All right, go for it. Um, my recommendation is a movie that maybe a lot of people have seen, maybe you have not. School of Rock, mm-hmm. directed by Richard Linklater. I think it's one of the most underrated family or underappreciated family comedies. And if you go back and watch that as a Richard Linklater movie, it is so fantastic. So yeah. please go back and watch School of Rock with that in your head. All right. Um, Ozzy, do you have one? Uh, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I you know what I was watching today? You know I was trying to watch, you know right, I was watching today? New Girl. New Girl? You were watching New Girl again? 
again. Actually, <laughs> yeah. gosh, no, no, no. I'm just here's, the, here's, the, here's, the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. I only watch like those shows, right? If I'm eating uh-huh. something, you know what I mean? Because for me, like, Fair if I'm much. eating something, like, I need to watch something like entertaining. I don't want to watch a riveting show and then something just dis- like then someone's like head gets blown up or something. Like a TV show, but even then, I'm not even in the mood. Like I can't even watch The Walking Dead while I'm eating. They're comedic shows that you no haven't one... seen. Have you seen it's Parks true. and Parks and Rec? Oh. and that's on Netflix. And that's that's that, my that's... point. And that's always my point with people when they're like, "Oh, I'm rewatching this," and that's why I don't rewatch shows. There's so much TV, like you were talking Parks about. Parks and Rec is watch such TV. a great show to watch. Eat food while oh, it's watching so good. as well. Uh, but yeah, New Girl is a good show. If you haven't seen it, great show. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If you have seen it, maybe we move on to something else. <laughs> Yeah, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> well, <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine is so good. Uh, unfortunately, it's not on Netflix, and that's what most people... But if you have Hulu, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. watch it. Um, all right. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of my recommendation here. So is that um, why you kind of switched it up on me? Because you have nothing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I let Miles go first, so you could have something. Um, my recommendation is going to be... Because... And this is kind of... Well, there's a couple reasons for this. Number one, because we just watched a shark movie in 47 Meters Down, which wasn't necessarily great. Um, and that's it wasn't a, necessarily great. Carlos it wasn't necessarily it was, good. Okay, it was bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Um, <laughs> but and also, like I said on the last episode, I just started listening to the Cinephiles podcast, which John Roca and Stephen Morris, great podcast. If you haven't listened to it. Um, and one of the first episodes I listened to was Jaws, and that's my recommendation. It is, I rewatched it recently, and it is one of the best movies of all time, period. And yeah. I'm starting to like, like I know that's something that people just want to stay, nobody wants to talk about like, what do you think are the best movies of all time? Because it's like, oh, how can you do that? And I... I agree to an extent because there's just so many movies out there and if you make a definitive list then you're probably leaving something out that you haven't seen. Uh-huh. But I'm I guess I'll put it in a way of like I'm trying to come up with a list of the best movies that I've seen and Jaws would definitely be in the top 5. It is one of the best movies that I've ever seen, period. And if you have not watched it, number one is the Steven Spielberg classic, and Steven Spielberg's name should sell you to begin with. But number yeah. two, not Elizabeth it's Banks. one of the best movies of all time. All yeah. right. Um, that's what I got. Ozzy, do you want to sign us out? We hope you guys enjoy the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please write and read the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check us out on YouTube. This is Screen Fellows.